And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Do you remember that thing you did that everyone hated? They didn't forget. They never will. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, December 16th. And this is part three of our NBA season preview podcast. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we got Taz Mellis. Hey, everybody. James Harden is not fat. <laughs> we got the Bass Master, ripping damn lips, Trey Kirby. hey yo. hey yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lealis. Friends. <laughs> Last but not least, making the magic happen, J.D. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Shout out to the stream teamers. Joining us live right now on YouTube. Don't forget to go grab yourself some sweet, sweet, sweet No Dunks merch at nodunks.com. Lily's got the white No Dunks hoodie today. Looking oh, good. Is- Come to me, JD. I got the ho, ho, ho Dunks. Oh, the baby. Trey Kirby, young Santa looking fresh. So go to nodunks.com because we've partnered up with breakingtea.com. We got some quality stuff over there. This is fantastic. We got more coming, by the way, too. Also, if you're desperate for a last-minute holiday gift, might I suggest the Athletics BOGO offer. It's a buy-one, gift one. You get an annual subscription for the Athletic for yourself. Smart. And then you give an annual subscription away for free. What a gift. So go to theathletic.com slash no dunks for that action. Okay. Time for more burning questions as part of our week-long NBA season preview pods. First question, perfectly timed, Tass Mellis, with the honest news. The question is, who's going to be the best team in the Eastern Conference? What do you got? You get to start it. It is the Milwaukee Bucks. They were the best team last year, despite what happened in the playoffs, and they got better by getting Drew Holiday. They desperately needed a guy who could handle the ball in late game situations and I know the Bogdan Bogdanovich situation, that fiasco sort of overshadows everything. But in the end, they got Drew Holiday. They are absolutely 100% better. And the team that was behind them, two and a half games behind them in the Raptors, got a little bit worse because they lost both their centers. And it's actually crazy to look at it because the Heat lost. I'm sorry, the uh, the Bucks lost to the Miami Heat in the second round. The third place team is seven and a half games back in the Milwaukee Bucks. That's how good they were during the regular season. So despite the bogey thing, they recovered really, really well in, in the offseason. They definitely got better. They're number one. Even though there's lots of teams that could come out of the East in the playoffs, the Bucs are going to tell you, hey, if we had home court advantage and we weren't playing the bubble, things would have been different. But all that wouldn't have mattered what they did in the offseason if Giannis Tetacumpo doesn't sign the super max deal, which he signed yesterday, the biggest contract in NBA history, $228 bucks. So kudos to the Bucs, kudos to the Milwaukee organization. It's great, a small market can sign the two-time MVP to a five-year deal and a casual fan will look at it and say, hey, why doesn't he go to New York? Why doesn't he go somewhere else? It's great for the small market franchises that in this scenario, a guy was loyal, a guy was loyal to a team that 
gave him absolutely everything, brought his family over and was really, really good to him. And, and speaking of that, his whole backstory, if you haven't listened to the Watch Pod on Yanis's backstory, three-part series, it is really, really great. Unless you're an Atlanta Hawks fan. Don't go listen to it if you're a Hawks fan. Because <laughs> the Hawks sure seem like they had, they had the, the, in the palm of their hands, it sure felt like. Uh, the Bucks didn't even interview Giannis. So the Bucks weren't on the Hawks' radar, and then boom, they grabbed him. But Giannis going there, and, and it feels like, I think, to Toronto Raptors fans uh, today, uh, that they probably feel like the Atlanta Hawks back in 2013. Oh, man, we had him. We had him. And, and to me, I don't know about you, Skeets, but it feels like it feels a little dirty and a little bit, for lack of a better word, lame for Raptors yes. fans to be sitting here saying, oh, man, we beat that guy. That's how we won the championship. And now we're de- so desperate for him. L- uh, just go try and do it again on your own. Get Try and do it another way. It, Giannis isn't coming. And uh, it's good for the league, I think, that he stayed in Milwaukee. Yes. He was never leaving. I was on record saying that, so I wasn't all that surprised. But I'm with you on the Raptors fans. You're showing your age. It's frankly embarrassing uh, with this woe is me. We're not getting Giannis anymore. Oh, my God. Like, you're seeing the tweets and the takes. Oh, my God. Do you remember what it was like being a Raptors fan in the early 2000s, mid-2000s? Like, this is where we're at. They've got a title. They're still a great team. They've got young guys, all NBA guys, for crying out loud, in Siakam. You know, Van Vliet, can he go next level? Like, OG go maybe goes... Like, they're good. They're still a great team. Like, this, like, oh, it's over. We didn't get Giannis. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, throw that out. I Come on, that. Raptors fans. Know your history. The only time the Raptors have won a title is when they had a real superstar. That's why everybody's <laughs> sad. They're not getting the superstar. I mean, yeah. Tass well, didn't they were the Raptors the them. best team in the East this season. Yeah, they were never getting them just because they got the Danforth and Masai Ujiri, you know? Like, it's like, come on. <laughs> well, that's I didn't think now. it. But this is a big win, uh, Lili, like this, this Supermac extension. Uh, now six years, this deal guarantees the six years for Giannis. Two hundred fifty-six million because he still got this one to be paid, and unless he requests a trade, but unless yeah. he requests a trade, which is possible, I think there's still pressure on Milwaukee to do the right Definitely. things here. There's a lot of pressure on Budenholzer to get that team very far, or despite you know, or outside of Giannis saying no, no, he's the only coach I ever want to have. He'll be gone if they come up short again. But huge endorsement for the Bucks organization, a big win for small markets, right? Like like Tass said, like. Kawhi left San Antonio, right? Basically sort of forced his way out, and he ends up on the Raptors. That worked out for him and Raps fans. LeBron leaves Cleveland twice. (laughs) But again, you know, got them a title. Anthony Davis forcing his way out of New Orleans. And this was, you know, the possibility. It got closer and closer to that deadline, that first one there of like, oh, is he going to actually sign this? Or is this dark cloud going to be hanging over the Bucks all season long? He signs it, and that's gone. That should really help them, I think, uh, their chances, like Tass said, of being the best team in the East this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, Giannis made them sweat a little bit, and I think that's okay because he really did think about it and wonder if this was the best place for his future. Uh, and the Bucks made some nice moves in the offseason. They botched one of them, of course, with Bogdan, but they recovered nicely. And uh, I think Giannis looks around and thinks at least this team is trying to do what they can to get the best players and the best teammates around him to give them the best chance. But your point there, I think Budenholzer is now the one who the focus really uh, comes on because we know he's a very good regular season coach. But a lot of their problems in the playoffs has been Budenholzer hasn't been able to adapt and adjust. So I think this is potentially his last season uh, there in Milwaukee because, you know, he's uh, he, he hasn't been able to get the team over the line. But, of course, some of that as well falls on Giannis. Giannis now, it's like in the playoffs, Giannis is himself. I mean, they basically got swept out of the playoffs last, you know, in the bubble down there in Miami. I know Giannis got an injury late, but they were on their way to getting swept even when he was playing. So, you know, he now has to step up and he has to get that playoff success and 
playoff success for the Milwaukee Bucks. They've been the favourite to make the finals, I believe, in the last two seasons. Haven't even gotten there yet. So now it's like, okay, he has to get them there and uh, he has to sort of drag that team. I think they are clearly the best team in the Eastern Conference in the regular season right now, but it's all going to be what happens in the playoffs with this team. That's the big question. I think they're going to pretty much cruise through the regular season. They'll probably be the top seed in the Eastern Conference, but it's what what happens in that second round. Because even remember against the Orlando Magic in the first round in the bubble, they weren't all that impressive. They dropped the game down there before coming through in a, in a douchebag suite there. But, you know, this is now, okay, they've, they've taken care of the biggest domino. It's like, okay, we've got Giannis, we've locked him up. Now let's go and take care of business. In They don't have to necessarily win the championship this season, but they certainly have to get a lot closer than they have been in the last two seasons. And a lot of that, again, falls on, on the coach, but but mainly it falls on Giannis now to sort of really take care of that, that regular season Giannis and really dominate in the playoffs and uh, force his team into the finals. What do you think, Trey? Lee said clearly the Bucks the best team in the East, at least in the regular season. You know, they had Drew Holiday, DJ Augustine, Bobby Portis, Torrey Craig, you know. Bryn Forbes. Bryn Forbes, as we <laughs> talked about yesterday. That's right. We're going deep with Forbes. Lose Eric Bledsoe, Wesley Matthews, George Hill. I mean, is it enough? Are they still the number one seed with a bang in the Eastern Conference? And will that matter even come playoff time? What's your take? Two totally different questions. I'm with you guys on the regular season. This is huge for Milwaukee to bring back Giannis without uh, the question over their heads of, is he ever going to sign? Is he going to sign long-term? Blah, blah, blah. They can focus on this season, be ready to just play basketball Mm -hmm. and stack some wins up in that win column. They're going to do that, no doubt about it. Mike Budenholzer's teams have had the best record in the Eastern Conference three of the past six seasons. Obviously, the last couple of years, they've had Giannis as an MVP player. You have to assume they're going to be there again. But come playoff time, who's their wing that's going to be stopping Kevin Durant. Who are the guys that are going to be able to play alongside Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Drew Holiday? Those are locked in as starters. But if you look at a team like the Nets, who I have as the best team in the Eastern Conference, my pick to come out of the East, uh, even with the team that they have now, if Kevin Durant's playing center, if Giannis is playing center, that means Brooke Lopez is somewhere on the bench. I think that the Nets can generate some serious advantages playing uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think that, um, that since we've been looking at this Nets team as a potential James Harden trade destination, people have kind of started underrating their role players because when you look at Karis LeVert or Spencer Dinwiddie as return for James Harden, that's not a great return for James Harden. But when they're your third and fourth best players, that's pretty good. Joe Harris's job just got a lot easier. He's a great shooter already. Now he's going to be catching wide open catch and shoots from Kyrie and KD. They might not, you might not like the way that uh, DeAndre Jordan is going to likely be starting for the Nets, but between DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen, that's a solid center platoon. Landry Shamit's good. Bruce Brown is good. TLC looked good last season. (laughs) You've got some guys who can play all up and down the Nets roster. It's a matter of, can they all get on the same page and can they generate some chemistry pretty quickly? The Bucs obviously have the continuity, which will be a huge, huge advantage in the regular season, but come postseason time, I like the guys who can score with the ball in their hands, and the Nets would have the two best in Kyrie and KD. After that, maybe it's Chris Middleton. I don't know, because Giannis hasn't looked necessarily super comfortable just going and getting a bucket. If he's yeah. able to generate things from 15 feet in, that would be huge for the Bucks. Let's see what he's added to his game this offseason. The only thing I would push back with on the Nets is, and we already talked a little bit, can they stop anyone? Because yeah, the de- You guys the know how I feel be- about defense. You know how right, I feel about care. defense. <laughs> You don't really care for defense, so it doesn't matter. Totally overrated. The Bucks had the defensive player of the year last year. They lost in the second round. Yeah, yeah to a good enough. defense. I think I the Heat, the Heat, were a Heat good put defense, up a wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't the Bucks have the best defense last season? 
They probably did an offense, yeah, they defensive did. efficiency. It, yeah. 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 But I, I think Kevin Durant's probably not going to play center going down the stretch because you got to stop Giannis. And, and that's, that's the issue there. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it, this, it's a to- they are totally two different questions. Whether the Bucks are going to be the number one seed. Uh, what it's going to come down to, it sounds like, is who's going to have a better season. Bryn Forbes on the Milwaukee Bucks or Timothy Luau Cabarro uh, <laughs> on, on the Brooklyn Nets. Who knows? It, it, it is uh, it is scoring versus defense. Um, but I think uh, the Bucks have positioned themselves. They, they did recover pretty well, even though the, the storyline and the, uh, the, the overarching umbrella is... Ugh. How do you think they recovered pretty well from not bringing in Bogdan Bogdanovich? Because I think they're still a scorer short. I think they're still a perimeter threat short. Uh, and that could have been Bogdanovich. Yeah, well, the, I think last year, the, the three guys that they played were, were Chris, Giannis, and, and Brooke Lopez. Drew Holiday is that perimeter guy who can handle the ball. Um, they, they And I don't know who the fifth is. I think Brooke Lopez will be on the floor, and I think the Brooklyn Nets will be playing some sort of center against uh, Giannis. So Brooke Lopez will probably be out there. And then, yeah. <laughs> I'm buying into Forbes, man. Top 50. Or, <laughs> or it's DJ Augustine. And, but, l- like, if we're talking about the fifth guy as the issue, that's it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a problem. I don't know who the Brooklyn Nets fifth guy is that they're starting. It really is going to be up to Giannis Chris Middleton. And Drew Holiday's got to have a lot of pressure to make plays because they were, they were desperate. It was Chris Middleton. It was the Chris Middleton show out there uh, for, mm-hmm. for a lot of it. Giannis couldn't be relied upon. And so... Uh, I think you kind of have to take that away if you're the Nets. We're talking Nets, Bucks basketball, baby. Uh, like like the Celtics could be the conference uh, finals in the East very easily. Oh, of course. Yeah, I, uh, I I think just one thing too with your Dinwiddie and Lavert point. I think that's fair, Trey. But I do worry those guys generally need the ball in their hands, and that's they're the best at, when they have it. And that's not going to be as easy, of course, if they're out there in some lineups, and you assume they would be with your KDs and your Kyries. Though that's a good thing maybe at times, too, to have that many offensive weapons. They should be pretty difficult to stop. But I just wonder, does it limit one of those guys, both of those guys at all? Or are they better in a limited role because they're playing alongside All-Stars? You know, we, we will see quickly here. And look, I got a lot of confidence in, in the Nets' new coaching staff and Steve Nash and trying to get those guys all on the same page and the, and the rest of the assistant coaches they have in there. I mean, they're going to get creative. Um, so... I, I do have confidence in their ability to make it all work. But still, it's an unknown team, right? And what it's we an say a lot about team, with these teams is... And it was a disaster last year. There's no doubt about yeah, that. And, yeah. But you're right. It is a concern that uh, the third and fourth best players likely on the Nets are guys who play similar styles to mm-hmm. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But every year in the playoffs, every team comes around to saying, we need more guys who can make a play with mm-hmm. the ball in their hands. And the Nets have... Four of them who are pretty yeah. solid at it. I mean, Levert and Dinwiddie obviously aren't on Katie and Kyrie's level, but they were knocking on the door in the Eastern Conference All-Star picture for the past couple of seasons. Not to mention Katie, Kyrie, Dinwiddie, Levert. They've all spent time on the bench with injuries over the past couple of seasons. It's nice to have some depth this year. Okay, is there any other team you can make the case for, Lili, to be the best in the Eastern Conference? We've touched on the Bucks, of course, after locking up Giannis with the Supermax. We've talked about the Nets now. It, it, well, who do you pick is like the third team or a team that could actually take take off both of those teams and have the number one seed or move the furthest? Well, I think the Celtics are going to be pretty close. I think they're going to be no lower than third or fourth in the Eastern Conference, assuming everyone stays healthy. They lost Hayward in the offseason. But I, as I mentioned yesterday, I think Jason Tatum's going to take another 
step up. I think Jalen Brown's going to take another step up as well. Mm-hmm. And Kemba Walker last year looked fantastic with talent around him. So you know that he's injured to start this. Yeah, season. yeah that I is know. a and, concern. And that, that's a little bit of concern. And and uh, and he was injured sort of towards the end of the bubble there as well. But uh, I think again, when they're all healthy and when they're all when they're all together. You know the Celtics are going to play pretty good defense. You know, guys like Tice, he he understands his role on that team. He plays it well. And uh, I just think that, you know, they got Jeff Teague as a backup point guard. He's He can play that role for that team. So I think I just think they they didn't get any significantly worse over the offseason. And I think they are going to get better when you see Tatum take another step up. So I think, uh, I think it's them and then the Heat and the Raptors all in that sort of second tier group of the uh, of the Eastern Conference um, and one of them of course is going to miss out in the top four but I, I think the Celtics have got to feel pretty good going to this season because again uh, Tatum and Brown really have continued to improve in their young careers so far Tatum was an all-star last season I expect absolutely that's going to happen again this year and, and maybe even Brown as well so mm-hmm. uh, they're a very good team they're well coached they've got the continuity as well uh, and you just know the Celtics are going to be tough they, they're, they're a very tough team to beat they sort of you know, it's hard to make them a, a, a championship contender, but they're not far away either. I think they're, uh, I think they're pretty close. So, uh, I think they're they're probably that uh, the third best team. I would say. You conveniently left out the Philadelphia 76ers of the bunch. There is that just a an oversight or or on purpose? I mean, I'm not sure what to make of the Sixers. I think they are going to be different with Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey there, but. I'm also like their two biggest stars are still Embiid and Ben Simmons. And we saw last season when they brought in new pieces, including someone like Al Horford, an experienced vet, that didn't work. So now they get someone like Seth Curry, who's not not, not on Al Horford's level, but he's a good piece to fit around that team. But again, it comes back to how much Embiid and Simmons are able to really get that offense unlocked and flowing. I think defensively, they'll be fine again. But offensively last year at times, they just looked ugly, ugly. And they were great at home. I think they were bad on the road. I think they only lost one or two at home in the end. But So they're a very potentially good team, but there is some chemistry issues there surrounding them. And, and how will Doc Rivers How will Doc Rivers figure it all out? And, and will Simmons and Embiid, because apparently they're living together, I saw. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I think Embiid. that was they a joke. Oh, wow. Uh, but but, but the, the symbolism of that was, you know, <laughs> Ben Simmons, ben Simmons lot, saying, joke. listen, because people are trying to say that we're not friends, we don't get along yeah. like we do. We're trying to make this thing work. So, okay, fine. Say that. Great. Let's go out and actually see it work. Because, again, potentially there is an e- they can easily be, I think, the uh, second or, or even the best team at their absolute best. But... The last couple of years, you sort of just wonder if uh, if they will ever be able to figure it out together. What do you think, Trey? Are the Sixers actually improved, even if you look at the players, and they're maybe less talented, the additions, but they're a better fit, and that could work around a Simmons and Embiid with a new coach in Doc. Where, where do you have Philadelphia sort of falling in the Eastern Conference picture? Well, Skeets, I remember once upon a time, me, you, and JD all went to a suit fitting. And, you know, when you buy a suit (laughs) off the rack, it's going to be a little baggy. Maybe the shoulders are a little wide. Maybe uh, the waist is a little little more flared than you're thinking. But when you go for a custom fitting and you get that suit perfectly tailored, I remember how great you and JD looked in those. You got to custom tailor your looks. And that's what the Sixers are finally doing with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. They're actually putting players around them that make sense for the style of play that Ben Simmons exceeds at, that Joel Embiid exceeds at. Guys who are more limited players. Seth Curry, definitely more limited than Josh Richardson, a lesser defender. But you have to rely on the fact that Seth Curry's going to shoot threes. Tobias Harris has a little less responsibility this year. He just needs to go out and get some buckets. 
the defense, it's going to come down to Simmons, Embiid, and uh, Matisse Thibel to to help as well there. But I just think that, um you know, custom fitting around Simmons and Embiid, I think is going to be an advantage for the Sixers. But I am honestly trying to pump my brakes so much on buying in on the Sixers this year because every preseason, it's like, oh, man, they got these two guys. Either one of them could win MVP. That's what Daryl Morey's Instagram said. I'm in. Not this year. You're not getting me this year, Sixers. Oh. I have confidence. <laughs> I think they're going to be better. But we got to see how it goes. Okay, so you're going to slow play it with the Sixers. Tass, what what do you think with them? Are you buying it? Did you watch their preseason game on TNT last night? Oh, my goodness. They were looking good, and Bede was looking invigorated. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they're tier two for me. And then that's that's, that's the way it's going to be until they can prove it. They they just haven't been able to. uh, Yeah, maximize their talent. This is the year to see if Embiid and Simmons can work together because they have two shooters that are perfect in Danny Green and Seth Curry around them. This is the one. This is it. It was odd to see Ben Simmons off the ball a lot yesterday. I know we kind of saw that in the playoffs last year with Shake Milton taking the point guard role and Ben Simmons was quote-unquote playing power forward. It was weird to see him in the dunker spot hanging out down low. But I think he will sort of take control of the offense. And and if there is space out there, Ben Simmons is going to thrive. But Mm -hmm. uh, will Tobias Harris... Uh, create space with Seth Curry and Danny Green? I, I think so. I think this is the absolute perfect recipe for those two guys to succeed. But yeah, I've been fooled before and, and buying Joel Embiid's lines about losing weight and stop drinking those Shirley Temples. This, this is it, though. This is where the chemistry has to come into play. I'm not sure if they're going to get an Airbnb and live together for the, the whole season, but uh, either way... This is it. They've got it all. They've got to be able to do it. They've got to be able to jump into that tier one or else they've got to blow it up. Right. Philly's going to win the championship, though, because they have Danny Green on their roster. And that's (laughs) just how it goes. Great pickup. Danny Green, you win the title. For a while there, the Thunder were looking like the favorites, which was quite a surprise (laughs) in my book. But we did get a good question from the stream team. Robbie Griffey asks, I think this is mostly a question for Lee. Who do you think does the lion's share of the housework in the Simmons Mm. Embiid apartment? (laughs) Wow, that's a great question. Um, who's a little more tidy, you think? I think probably Ben Simmons is probably <laughs> I think a little... Simmons. He looks a little yeah. more tidy, agree. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think Joel could be a little sloppy. That's okay. We all get a bit sloppy at times. Um, yeah, I, I think it's probably going to be Simmons as well. He's the point guard, you know, so he he's supposed to sort of uh, take care of his teammates. So I, I think that will be it. And I think, I think Joel Embiid would be the one who maybe orders the food. But Simmons has to go and pick it up. You know what right. I mean? And then clean it up, too, yeah. I feel like. After, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think so. I wonder what those guys are eating. What are they door dashing to their house, do you think? <laughs> Everything and anything, I would think. I, oh, I love this idea. I mean, this is how we could really try and, like, get control of the COVID-19. Just put every team in a house together make them live together and then record all of this. And you got your, you know, you got 30 reality television yeah. shows right there. Then JD's all in on watching these and <laughs> he's got opinions about the team based on the reality. Yeah. Show. Oh, I mean, they, they should really be doing this or at least for one of these teams. Um, yeah. I think you're right, Lee. I think Simmons, even he like, because he's the point guard, he probably sets up like that bullet or the, yeah, the bulletin board or whatever, like, piece of paper that has like okay on wednesdays you're doing the dishes and on thursdays you're taking out the garbage but then a b just i don't think he yeah. just like he just looks at it and walks right by it yeah hey, but I, there's got to be somebody who runs the house and there's got to be somebody who brings the vibes yeah. joel Embiid seems like the vibes guy 
Yeah, yeah and, and I think Simmons is kind of like, yeah, he's a bit sloppy as a housemate, but he's fun. So I yeah, can, I can put up with it. it. Yeah. And also, if Tobias is there, I think they just make Tobias do everything. <laughs> <laughs> you do yeah. it. Uh, okay, any other teams? Like, uh, you know, the Raptors, of course, are sort of in the grouping. Um, you know, it's, uh, no one is listing the Pacers in this group, which is a little interesting. Uh, the Miami Heat has been have been thrown around, uh, obviously, uh going to the finals last year and we debated whether or not that was just the perfect storm because they were in the bubble can they repeat that Tess what do you think of those three that I just listed uh, if you had to exclude one of them from the bunches at Indiana and you just don't have a lot of faith in, in them running back because you talk about continuity I think they've got the most continuity in the league uh, with their same roster basically coming back what do you think well, we can't name every Eastern Conference team here to be <laughs> part of the elite the, net, the Nets, the Heat, the Bucks. And the Celtics, to me, are, are at the top fighting for those okay. top four. And the Raptors are right there. And, and I think their goal should be in the top four. And I think that would be a successful season. Even though they were number two last year, I think that's where they are. And the Sixers are right there with the Raptors. After that, yeah, the, the Pacers are in the fam with uh, the Magic and, and those other teams vying for the bottom seeds. Okay. Okay. Do you agree with that, Trey? You don't really have the Pacers cracking into that, let's call it, top six type of group? The Pacers are the opposite of the Sixers for me every year. In on the Sixers, out on the Pacers. Not this year. The Pacers are going to be better than we're expecting because the Pacers are usually better than we are expecting, even if they've changed their Nates. They had Nate McMillan last year, (laughs) Nate Bjorkren this year. Nate McMillan's teams have generally overachieved, I would say. We don't really know much about what Nate Bjorkren's going to look like here, but, uh, you know, it's been the Raptors were a great team. He seemed to be part of the offensive innovation there. So, you know, it seems like the Pacers are moving the ball a little bit more. They have a team that really will need a solid offensive system, you know, and I think uh, Nate McMillan did have some good offense, but it was built around a little bit of an older concept, uh, similar to when he was with the Blazers coaching there. But I don't know. It seems to me like the Pacers every single year, I'm like, these guys are going to finish seventh and they finish fifth. That's probably what will happen again this year. Maybe things pop. Maybe uh, the weirdness over the summer with Oladipo, maybe wanting out, maybe not wanting out bringing in a new coach. Maybe it's all just narrative stuff that we're worrying too much about, and the players are actually pretty solid up and down the roster. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how Miles Turner plays if he's still there on opening night because his name was definitely included in trade talks. I mean, the Gordon Hayward one was out there, and it's always fun to watch a player after their name is in a trade talk, but then they still remain with the team. How they take that, right, Lily? Like it could be, uh, you know, in, you know, um, good or bad. I could see both ways. Where a guy either checks out because like, well, you don't even want me here. Just get rid of me and sort of like, you know, lollygags through games. Or it sort of lights a fire under a guy, um, which I think could be in play with Turner. They still have a great team, right? I mean, there's a there's a fit problem with Turner and Sabonis trying to play those guys at the same time. But then you still have Oladipo who wants to get paid again, so he might have a a, a pretty impressive year if he can come back from injury, even ninety percent. There's Brogdon. I mean, this is a solid team with the new Nate in there. What do you think? Yeah, it, it is. And, and I think that's what, uh, like kind of what Trey was saying there, they're going to make the playoffs. They'll probably be a tough first round out, but that's about their ceiling as they are today. And you just wonder with Turner, he, he's a very good player at times, but also he's not very good at times as well. And that's why I wonder what his trade value is. Uh, because, you know, we know, we've seen him have some highlight real plays. He can hit the three-pointer, but there's also times... And I pointed out this out a lot in the bubble. Where he just got shredded on defense, and that's really where he makes his money. Because remember, he thought he was going to be defensive player of the year a couple of years ago, and didn't even make all defensive teams. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, what he's athletic, he's long, he can spread the floor. But you just wonder how valuable really he is. But maybe again, that's one of those things. It's like a maturity thing. Maybe now that he's uh, he, he's seen that, like. 
there's some interest there in there out out there in him, and he wants to really try to live up to that uh, that contract that he signed, and he wants to go out there and perform because I think uh, he's going to have the right opportunity there in, in Indiana to play hard to play on that team. He's a big part of their uh, team right now. So maybe it's just one of those things. A couple more years, a little bit more experience, he will be better. But because uh, he's got the talent, it's just it's just being the consistency really. And it's the same with Oladipo. I think he's an interesting guy on the market because he's coming off such a severe injury, and he had one really good season. But was that the anomaly? Was was Victor Oladipo closer to that All Star season, or was he more like a guy who just had one really good season, but he's actually kind of middle of the pack sort of right. guard anyway, right. you know. Um, and we don't really know until we see a full season of him playing because he came back, of course, just before the lockdown or the shutdown this year. And then down in the bubble, he was he was okay. So mm-hmm. not sure. I'm not sure with the paces. But again, they're, just, they're not going to be a pushover. They're not going to drop off completely. They're just going to be in the middle of that pack somewhere again. Right. Well, that's why I think it's a fun question with the East. And I think, Tass, you said it on one of our previous podcasts that you're more intrigued by the Eastern Conference in a weird way than the Western Conference because you do have those six teams, like the Bucks, the Heat, the Celtics, the Nets, the Raptors, and the Sixers. And some people might include the Pacers too, so it might be seven. But it's like, who do you have in the top four of those six? Because I think it's it's really uh, telling who you leave out and why. Especially, uh, again, if you just drop Indiana out of this conversation, of those six teams I, I just said, like who, who are the two that you don't have a ton, a ton of faith in? Um, I don't know. So let's hear from you guys, both in the stream team and tweet at us, at No Dunks Inc. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, our next question. Oh, I love this question. Who's going to be selected to their first all-star game? Now, there's going to be no actual all-star game, but we think they'll name the all-stars because... Content is king, baby. So why wouldn't you? Um, Lee, get us started. Who's uh, who's a guy that's never made the big game? Will at least get selected to it here in in 2021 eventually. I talked a lot about him yesterday. I think it's Jamal Murray. I think it has to be him. Uh, I mean, he he was a superstar down there in the bubble. He was fantastic. 26 points a game, 45% from downtown. And just some of those magical moments carried his team to the conference finals along with Nikola Jokic there. Uh, But he really stepped up. And if he doesn't make the all-star team this year, I'm going to be very disappointed because he's a super talented player. He's got a little bit of swagger about him, a little bit of cockiness out there. I think he can get under the skin of his opponents, but he absolutely can perform too. He's not afraid of the uh, of the big moment. Apparently, his dad really got him to meditate a lot when he was a kid. And so mm-hmm. that helps him in those moments, in those clutch moments. He can really stay there. So uh, yeah, he, he's great. He's got a huge uh, a future there in Denver. They gave him the huge contract last season. And he started off a little bit slow, but uh, once he got it together, he, he's fantastic fun to watch, uh, a great player. And I really, really think this year he's he's almost a lock to make the All-Star team because I think someone like Chris Paul, who made it last year, probably doesn't make it this year. 
You know, I think uh, in Phoenix, I mean, Booker made it, of course, last year as an injury replacement. Mm-hmm. But if, if Chris Paul made it this year and Devin Booker didn't, that would be bad for the Phoenix Suns, I think. You know, I right, think they, right. they, you know, they need, and, and DeAndre Ayton would be another one that they want to make the All Star team. So I think there's a little spot there. But I also just think Jamal Murray is going to knock that barn door down and, uh, and, and force his way onto that All Star team anyway regardless so i hope it happens yeah you said his dad had him doing a lot of meditation as a kid i think his dad had him like shooting free throws in the snow and also i just saw (laughs) through an instagram clip apparently when he was young his dad made him do like wall sits right like the classic wall sit where your back's against the wall and you got your knees bent you got to hold it you know you're working on your core and your quads but he made him put like a hot cup of tea on his knee (laughs) yeah Wow. And uh, you know, so, of course, he had to keep it keep it stable there. He's dropping hot tea all over his knee. That's dangerous. Oh, which is a nice bar, actually, now that I think about it. Hot tea on the knee. Um, so, yeah. And I guess uh, he was known as Glitch, too. He had an old nickname called Glitch, which uh, obviously fell off because we don't call him that at all. But I don't know. I don't... I don't actually mind it. <laughs> nice one. It's a little weird one. Luckily, but I don't he mind. didn't glitch when he had that T on his knee. Yeah, yeah, luckily. Yeah. Um, I actually had a trivia question for you guys um, before we got to the answers, but we already got Jamal Murray. I figured you were going to go with him there, Lily. Last year, we had 10 first-time All-Stars, guys. Mm. Can you name all 10? You believe Can you do it collectively as a group? Um, you want to have a go at it, Lily? You want to give it a, a start? Don't look it up, by the way. No, I see not, you I looking at your computer pretty intently there. <laughs> no, no, I, no, no, no tabs open today. Uh, I'll say Devin Booker because he was in the injury yes, okay, replacement. Okay, yep. okay, uh, okay. Then Tass, we'll, we'll go around here. See okay. if you name them. Luca. Yep. Trey Young. Trey Young, correct. Lee, back to uh, you. J- Jason Tatum. Correct. Tass. Donovan Mitchell. Yes. Rudy Gobert. That's right. Lili? Uh, Jokic was one the year before, no, I no, think. No, yeah. you uh, Brandon, Brandon Ingram. Yes, you've got all the Western Conference guys. Tass, back to you. There's three East guys left. Pascal Siakam. Yes, come on, Trey. Uh-oh. 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 We just talked about one of these Bam out of bio. Oh, Bam oh. wasn't even the one I was thinking of. And Lili, take us home. Final one. I, we were just talking about his team. Can he work with another guy? Oh, in the mi- front uh, his dad was yeah. awesome. Sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-sab-
Uh, or was it 13? I'm not sure. But anyway, I think he can sneak in there because it's always the, with the Bucks. They're the number one seed. Giannis will be there. Chris Middleton will be there. Do you give it to Eric Bledsoe? Well, Eric Bledsoe's gone. Drew Holiday could probably take that spot. So maybe he jumps back in there, and it sure seems like he's a first-time All-Star because <laughs> no one ever remembers he's an All-Star. We always say, oh, they're trading this All-Star. They're trading Chris Kamen. He made an All-Star game <laughs> once. <laughs> People don't even say that about Drew Holiday because they just forget that Drew okay. Holiday was sort of... You know, he was on the periphery of being a star and then got traded uh, for Nerland's Noel and then things got happened in there. Uh, so that was a weird situation. But he can be that guy for sure. He's in a perfect spot to be uh, the secondary or, or tertiary ball handler there in, in Milwaukee. Yeah, last time he was in the Eastern Conference, he was making an all-star game. So I, I see what you're <laughs> thinking here. So yeah, not technically a first-time all-star, but I do wonder, there's a question for Schumann if he's out here, I wonder what the biggest gap is between making an all-star team and then not making it till you know another one like what's the the biggest window there is it it's seven years it's a pretty this would be eight years actually it was 13 years, when you made it. okay that's yeah, manu, manu had a bit of a break between his two but i don't think mm. it was that long that's it's it's quite big so there, there's a fun question for somebody to figure out out there okay so yeah cheating a little bit but he goes back to uh, drew holiday maybe sneaking in there we got jamal murray anyone else trey uh, yeah, another Eastern Conference guy. You mentioned, Lee, how Kemba Walker's already out until January. Uh, I think the Celtics look like a little bit of a thin team, and I think they're going to need a lot from Jalen Brown, and I think he is capable of improving. Uh, he's a great transition player, great defensive player. He can knock down an open three. The Celtics are going to need him to put the ball on the floor and make some plays, especially while Kemba is missing some time. Jalen Brown has not yet made an all-star team. Lee had him on his reserve picks last season, but mm-hmm. uh, hasn't made it yet. I think he could uh, certainly be knocking on the door in the Eastern Conference, especially if uh, if Kemba's injury keeps it. Even if he returns, if he's a little bit slowed up once he comes back, they're going to need some more from uh, somebody on the perimeter. And that, to me, is Jalen Brown. Tatum will be there, no doubt about it. The Celtics should still be a pretty solid uh, regular season team. They'll probably get two all-stars once again so i think jalen would be that guy yeah i have him on my uh, short list as well i also forgot that kemba walker started the all-star uh game yeah. last year for the celtics so yeah if with him out with an injury that makes sense because we were debating yeah is it jalen or is it tatum if you were just taking one last year so you could see him growing into that might as well play uh hey what about this guy mm. a little bit here because i got a, I got a you know a short list here jamal murray was on it jalen brown what about john morant I think it's in play if the Grizzlies the are, are winning some games. I think he's obviously the star player on that team, and I think he. You're you're right. It's not easy for guards in the Western Conference to get in there, but I think he could crack it. What were you about to say there, Lily? Well, it's the same with Zion. I, I think they're both potentially know, can Zion. do it, but but they. Uh, yeah, I mean, and and uh, you know, Luca and Trey made it in their second year, so it's not just that they just saved them for the rookie sophomore uh, event. So you can make it. Right. It just sort of feels like, uh, Morant, he, he will be good. Just how many wins will the Grizzlies get? And again, just the depth in that Western conference. And that's the same thing with Zion. I think it's might be just a little tough for him to get in this season, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, if those guys, I mean, if Zion's putting up 20 and 10, you know, which is, is possible, mm-hmm. then, uh, he, he's gonna, he's gonna be hard to keep out of the game. Yeah. I'm just not sure what, uh, Morant's sort of best numbers are going to be there, uh, out in Memphis. And, and again, whether or not he can just sort of some of those older veteran guys, again, you mentioned, you know, like Steph coming back, you figure he's probably going to be in there. So mm-hmm. might be a little tough for him, but just a matter of time. I, I found something on, on Reddit here uh, about the longest gap between All-Stars. Drew Holiday definitely would, would win that if uh, if he does get selected because of 
uh, Frank Selvey, apparently, in 1955 and then 1962. <laughs> oh, I remember it, yes. Because there was talk about Derek Rose, remember? Uh, he I was thought you were going to say there's talk about another all-star in 1962, whether or not he was going to make it, but Frank Selvey came in <laughs> yeah, and stole yeah. it. Well, uh, the thing is, the thing it was brought up because Derek Rose, I think, was in contention last year in, in some people's mind. It would have been sure. eight years for him uh, since okay. his last all-star appearance, so... Yeah, Drew would Drew would uh, Drew would absolutely have the record. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to do fan voting again for the All Star game I would this think year. So. You would think so, yeah. but the argument is always it's a game for fans. Let them vote on it. Ain't no game this year. Yeah, Ain't no injury right. replacements this year. We're not going to be getting as many All Stars. There's usually one or two extra that you're throwing into the mix. But if fans are voting, that helps Zion, right? He could still start the All Star game. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. And if that's the case, maybe we don't see Brandon Ingram back again. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. And other guards in the West. I mean, we talked about if uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander is averaging twenty five and five, that he could uh, maybe lock sneak in. in there. Yeah, he would be a lock in that case. I think if the Blazers play as well as I have them playing, I mean, I think they're going to be knocking on a top three seed there. I think CJ McCollum at that point would get com- some consideration possibly with Lillard. Darren Fox, it's going to be tough for him. I mean, the Kings would have to, uh, you know, really impress right out of the gate for him to crack it in. And uh, the only other guy I have, I have Fred Van Vliet. Tass, is that insane? Like, is it? Is can no. you picture a scenario where Van Vliet puts up the numbers and the Raps, you know, maybe are a top four team by the by the All Star break that he could get in there? Yeah, I think he would take Kyle Lowry's spot. Kyle Lowry yeah, was an yeah. All Star last year, so Pascal would be the the first guy. But Lowry was there for his sixth All Star appearance. Is Lowry? done with all-star appearances would be sad be sad but uh yeah he was a guy who had actually looking at it the most all-star appearances in the eastern conference last year when he was there uh but the eastern guard spot is the soft spot Hmm. trey brought up kemba young or kemba young i combined trey young and kemba walker (laughs) kemba walker potentially being injured him and trey young started last year so Mm -hmm. trey young would probably be there but kyle lowry's spot could be up for grabs there so yeah totally i I could see uh freddie getting in there or drew holiday Getting in there. Maybe a Brogdon, I guess. He was sort of in contention last year. We were throwing his name around with how mm-hmm. well the Pacers mm-hmm. were playing. I guess Oladipo will be back in the mix if he plays mm-hmm. up to his capabilities. Yeah, it's old-timey guys, actually, in yeah. the Eastern Conference that are going to be trying to get in the All-Star game. Kyrie Irving, you think, will probably be in the mix yeah. for an All-Star spot as well. Brad Beal, Russell Westbrook, Brooke. Gordon Hayward, Blake Griffin could make an All-Star team. These are guys Zach. that have made like a million All-Star teams. It feels like we're in the 2010s again in the Eastern Conference, but they're good. Russell yeah. Westbrook is good. Remember when he was an all-star in All-NBA last year? He'll probably make it this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably, Forgot probably. about him. Uh, let's hear from you guys. That's a fun question. Anyone we're missing out there? First-time all-stars. All right? Let us know in the stream team and on Twitter. At no dunk sync. Okay, next one. Must-watch League Pass team. Who are you telling the people out there that are joining us live or listening to the pod? They got to be watching on League Pass this year, Trey. Who are you excited about? There's a lot of teams I'm excited about. It feels like we've got a lot of change, especially in the Eastern Conference. That's why we're talking about all these top four, top five, top six teams. They are all good teams, but for the most part, something major has changed with all of them. That's going to be exciting to watch, but you can't be picking a national TV team. No doubt about that. And I don't want to give you a bad recommendation. The Hornets are going to be fun to watch. The Wizards are going to be fun to watch, but good luck sustaining interest in both of those teams. For an entire season. Every year, I'm like, okay, this is the year I'm watching the Wizards. And then 
It ain't the year I'm watching the Wizards. I also got to throw out the Hawks. They're our local team. Technically not on League Pass here in Atlanta. We got to be watching on Fox Sports Southeast. (laughs) You got to figure out which Fox Sports app you're downloading. It's a little confusing, to be honest. So, my final choice. The Grizzlies. They're in that sweet spot of exciting, competitive, and not on TV. They've only got three national television games. We've already seen John Morant dunking on people in the preseason with his little ponytail. Apparently, Jaron Jackson Jr. grew two to three inches. Brandon Clark, a dunk machine. And here's the best part. They're still slow playing things. They basically brought their team back, added a couple of highly rated role player rookies. Justice Winslow should be a little bit more healthy. Hmm. You get to ride that development wave. You're buying your Grizzlies stock early, and it's going to pay off down the line. They are going to be... At the very least, in the play-in tournament, they'll be challenging for a playoff spot, you would think. And they're going to be fun to watch. It's always great to watch a young team that is on the rise before they finally hit that spot where there's real expectations. That is the sweet spot to be living in. Give me the Grizz. Yeah, I have the Grizzlies as well. Obviously led by John Morant, but... uh... Also, great set of jerseys, nice aesthetics. I like their looks uh, with a lot of their like city edition and even their earned uh, leaked jerseys coming out here now. And I love watching Dylan Brooks take shots he shouldn't. Always fun. <laughs> Always a blast uh, because that guy's got a lot of confidence, so he can catch fire too. So it's actually, it can be a blast. So uh, I got the Grizzlies because they're only on those uh, ABC, ESPNs, or TNTs. Yeah, just three times. There's seven teams without a nationally televised game lately. Cavs, yeah. Kings, Magic, Pistons, Spurs, Thunder, and Wizards, which is interesting. Mm. I actually love this that we only have this first half of the schedule because I saw, I forget who it was. I don't know if it was Ziller or somebody else pointed out that it's sort of cool. It's almost like you wish they could do it every year because you see what happens in the first half of the year, right? And then when you're building the second half of the schedule, oh, that team's suddenly amazing or that team, oh, bad injuries. They're no longer interesting. And you could sort of flex them out in a second half of nationally televised games in theory. Um, that's sort of cool. It could happen. Like we could see a bunch of Wizards games if Westbrook and Beal, you know, have them playing fun basketball, competitive basketball. Maybe they're on a, a couple of these national broadcasts later. But who do you have as must watch, must watch league pass at least early on? Uh, well, for me, it's go. I'm going with the Denver Nuggets. I always fall in love with the Nuggets before the start of each season because first off, Jokic and Murray. I can't wait to watch those guys. But you can't tell me you're not excited to watch Facundo Campasso and Paul Ball out there on the court together. <laughs> Honestly, I think, I mean, Ball Ball, we didn't really see much of him in the bubble in the playoffs, but in the regular season, he had a couple of really, really fun moments. And I think the Nuggets are going to try to incorporate him into that team for for, uh, for some plays out there. So I think he's going to be great to watch. And Campasso's already had a couple of those little teasers of his passes he hasn't had that real classic like the the Teodosic one that we saw going around uh just a couple of weeks ago but you're going to see some fantastic plays from Campasso so uh the Nuggets for me I I I really like this team but they're so much fun to watch and of course Jokic you know Jokic looks like um he looks like a guy who just sort of is playing basketball because he has to He, he doesn't look like he's out there having you know loving the game but he just goes out there and plays his own style his own way but it's so much fun he's so creative and he's also going to have some of those just incredible passes that he makes. And he's going to hit some of those, dad, uh, what do we call it? Dirk, Dirk in the driveway, dad. Uh, yeah, driveway dad. <laughs> driveway, driveway dirt, dad. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's yeah. going to hit a few of those game winners where you're just like, how on earth does this shot go in? You know, there'll be a defender draped all over him uh, and he'll somehow just fall away and knock it in. And, uh, and it's great. So, yeah, give me the Nuggets. I think they're a really fun team to watch. Nuggets only have six nationally televised games here in the first half of the schedule on, on the big network, so not a ton. Who do you got, Tess? Yeah, that's surprising, especially with uh, 
you know, the way they played in the bubble, they were really, really exciting. Yeah. And now Michael Porter Jr. is going to become part of their starting lineup, most likely, and be out there. I love watching him. So, yeah, I'm going to be mesmerized by him. There's just you know three different styles on that team. Smooth Michael Porter, Jamal Murray, uh, who is the, you know, the superstar, you know, your, your typical pull-up. And then Jokic, who's just the, the most unique player in the league, just zipping passes to those two dudes. Uh, that's going to be a fun starting lineup. And yeah, I'm in on uh, Campasso as well. Uh, this, I, I'm picking differently this year because I think there's a lot of teams that are to have, um, you know, just are generating excitement and are trying to win. So I'm going to be pumped to watch a lot of teams in the NBA. But I don't like the fact that there aren't fans uh, for, for these games. It's, it's a lot different than the bubble where the bubble was set up like a TV studio. So mm-hmm. you couldn't see the fans, or you couldn't see the empty seats, I should say. Uh, so I want to be distracted by the floor. I think the floor aesthetics are very, very important. <laughs> and so I'm cheating with the Brooklyn Nets because the Brooklyn Nets floor is always mesmerizing. It's always uh, kind of like, do I like this? Do I hate it? I just can't <laughs> stop staring at it because I don't want to be distracted uh, by those empty seats. So yeah, the Nets are probably on um, TV a lot. You don't have to go searching for Fox Sports Southwest or Fox Sports Southeast <laughs> to find them. They're just going to be on television and they're going to be a heck of a story. They're going to be a movie out there. The floor looks like a movie. Kyrie Irving is the villain. Uh, Kevin Durant all of a sudden is the saint because he's playing with Kyrie. The Nash factor. It's uh, yeah, it, it's going to be, I think, the most intriguing storyline with all those coaches. Even I'm, I'm excited to watch Mike D'Antoni's disposition on the bench. I think there's just a, a bunch of, of really good storylines there. Uh, and yeah, I'm a little bit worried about, I, I hate empty stadiums, just hate it. And, yeah. and, and basketball, it, it kind of, you just feel it. You feel it because the seats, you can't, you can't escape them unless you block them off like they did in the bubble. Right. Well, some arenas seem to be doing that or they're mm-hmm. handling it different, at least in the preseason games I've caught. I thought there would be sort of a universal mandate from the league, if I'm being honest, like, hey, here is how you should set up your arena for, for broadcasting games. Like this will be the best look, but it doesn't appear to be one because some, I think the Sixers, like they had the tarp over the seats, right? Like in the lower bowl, the big logo. Um, there's been other ones where there is more of like a something in the way like a like a board of some sort or a partition at least and there's others that's just like yeah nothing that i can tell it's just like completely empty uh the heat i saw at a bunch of gatorades uh coolers on their <laughs> on their bench like is it in uh, you really pushing the gatorade on us there yeah they i wish there was some sort of like just darken the arena do what obviously the nets and the lakers do and stuff like that lean everybody should lean into that if they could i mean i know like it's got to be all set up for lighting and stuff like that. JD can probably speak to that better than I can. But yeah, yeah, this this cavernous arenas is not is not a fun viewing experience so far for me in some of these arenas. Like I missed the bubble. I couldn't believe I was saying that. I was like, oh man, <laughs> I missed those crappy virtual fans. Uh, but uh, yeah, whatever, we're still getting basketball. I don't know. Do you have an opinion on that, Lee? What they should be doing, or or you have, I don't know how much preseason action you've watched. Uh, not much. Not much. <laughs> no, I find it tough to watch the old preseason. It's too long. It's still too long. Two Dude, games. They're only playing like two, three games. Two games is all you need, man. Just start get start the game because seriously, half the players don't even play. No, these they play games. like half the game. Yeah, they play half the game, and then they said, "I mean, Westbrook and Beal set out the first game. They didn't even play the first one." So, right. uh, look, two games, and then just start the other. Just start the regular season. That's all you need because it's just hard to watch. You can't take anything seriously out of it. Of course, it's great when you see Ja Morant do his thing, 
but it just like just start the games let's go for it anyway uh yeah the noise it's it's weird it's weird because you it's just it's so inconsistent and uh yeah i, I don't know what you do you don't want an empty arena but i don't know how you change the noise i don't know what i think down in tampa if i'm if i'm not mistaken the Raptors are actually going to have some fans in their arena. I saw uh, something yesterday on Twitter. They're going to sell yeah. a couple of fans, with, uh, a couple of seats for fans. I think fans. there's five or six, actually, arenas that are right now allowed to let some fans into the into their stadiums mm. or into their arenas. So, yeah. No rules in Florida. Orlando's having yeah. fans. Tampa's having fans. I know, I know. for example, in, in Europe, in soccer, they've allowed some fans in, a small, big, uh, a small amount of fans were at a, a Liverpool game last weekend. And everyone said, even though it was only think two thousand fans, it made a huge difference. Just having real people there cheering, yeah. more so than any canned noise. So, uh, I mean, if it's safe, I sh- I think okay, it's fine. But yeah, this country hasn't handled the coronavirus as well as some others, so I'm not sure if it is the safest. But we'll see. We'll see how so, it goes. So you're more concerned about the uh, the audio element uh, than maybe even the visuals. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Trey, uh, any opinion on that? Uh, I know you've watched a little bit. What have you, what have you thought about that experience? With, I mean, again, just straight up empty seats. So you can't hide them really in a broadcast. You can't hide them. And it's similar to watching baseball during the playoffs. And, you know, they put out the cardboard cutouts of all the fans that would submit their pictures. Right. But there's still a whole bunch of empty seats. And it just, it just looks odd. You know, I'd rather see them block off the seats like you've seen. And like you mentioned, skeets in some yeah. places with a tarp or some sort of design thing. It also takes you back to the high school basketball days when somebody would get really pissed and just chuck a basketball against the curtain that separates the gym. <laughs> Maybe we could see that in the NBA. You know, I'm always happy to go on a little nostalgia trip. Uh, some things from my childhood. So, yeah, if I see, uh, I don't know. Jamal Murray, he's a basketball chucker at one point, right? I'd love yeah. to see him haul off and just bang it into a curtain or something along those lines. The sound is always going to be weird, but the sound is going to be weird. There's no way to get around it if there aren't people there actually screaming and growing crazy. But the visuals, you can do something a little bit with. Block off those seats. All right, our next question here, burning questions, our season preview podcast. Tass, we'll go to you first. We'll get you in trouble first. Who's going to be the most boring team in the league? <laughs> Who are you going with? I'm going with the New York Knicks. Uh, now, it's a funny thing I, I, because boring is the term here. I, yeah. I, I think Subjective. if you like bad basketball, they could be hilariously bad and it could be entertaining in that way. I, I think they're going to be the worst team. I think uh, if you look at the over-under totals, it's the Pistons, Cavs, and Knicks that are sort of mm-hmm. towards the bottom of everyone's projections and how many wins they're going to get. But I think the Pistons... I've watched some preseason. I think there are some bright spots there. Even Blake Griffin's looking good. They've got some young guys in Seku that can you know, titillate a little bit. I think even the Cavs have some storylines at least to watch for in Okoro and, and some others. But the Knicks, I don't think there's any chance they're going to win games. I, I like Mitchell Robinson. I like OB Toppin. Uh, but they have R.J. Barrett as their... Number one guy as their star, mm-hmm. he's a driver. That's what he does. He tries to get to the rim, but they have absolutely no shooting around him. And he really struggled at finishing around the rim last year. So I think it's just going to be bad basketball. And I have watched preseason Knicks basketball. And, in, and if it's any indication of what's going to happen in the in the regular season, it ain't good. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the bottom of the East there is the, the scariest part. And I think the Knicks are the scariest of the scary. I think the, the NBA's in good shape with a lot of the franchises going for the playoffs. And I think the Knicks are doing the smart thing and not trying to buy themselves a, a, a buy-in or a, a ticket to the play-in tournament. Uh, they, they kept cool. 
They kept it cool. They signed Austin Rivers and Alec Burks to be their shooters around R.J. Barrett, but I just don't think that's a good sign for um, R.J. Barrett, number one. Tom Thibodeau is a guy who wants to win. He's got Mitchell Robinson coming off the bench for now, uh, that, which isn't a, a good look in my opinion. So I don't know what the heck is going to happen there in New York. And, and I think even in uh, being in Madison Square Garden, which is usually a fun place to watch a game right. uh, from the uh, couch or the seat of your, uh, your pants there, um, <laughs> it's not going to be fun. It, it makes it worse that it's in such a storied arena. Such a beautiful place to watch basketball just to see the ugliness that's going to happen there. I just, I just don't see it coming together. They're so young. Uh, it, it, and and in every, uh, there are so many good teams that they have to play. I don't think it's going to be good. Lee, do you feel personally attacked with what Tass is saying? Oh, no. I tried to sort of jump on the Knicks here. Was it two years ago? I think I started, but it's been tough, man. I can't imagine what it must be like if you're a Knicks fan for the last 20 years. I guess it hasn't been that bad for 20 years, but. Yes, it has. Uh, well, they made the play. You know, Melo was. So, you know, like, no, it's bad. I, I, mean, think, I don't think, think you're embellishing that. You know, I think it's when when you think bad. about the 90s Knicks, you know, tough. Fun, well coached characters on the that 90s, team. In now the you're over two decades. I know. What I'm saying is, that, like, when you think about it, it's like that. That was the building. You know, that's where you knew you were going to face a tough team and a tough opponent. Yeah, but that's how sad it is. That's where your mind yeah. goes immediately to the 90s. Yeah, I know. To I the know, 90s. I know. I know. It, it's it's tough, but uh, I mean, yeah, for me, it, it's it's going to be the Cavs. Uh, I like you. Yeah. It's going to be tough. They're, they're, I think, so boring. It's like it could be Cavs versus the Mavericks. You know, one of the teams I love to watch with Luca, and even that would be like, oh, okay, okay. Because when you look at the Cavs roster, I mean, who you know, their star player, I guess, is Drummond, uh, and he's just not an exciting guy to watch. He's a good player, you know. He's a, he's a rebound machine, and he gets those dunks. He was shooting threes the other day. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that too. Uh, I think he's done that in the past. I think it's one of those early season things, you know, guy fires away, and then he's it's like, like a buzzer beating three. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just, it's like, yeah, there's just no, there's no real appeal because that team is not, you know, again, Drummond is not a part of their future. You know, I, I would think, say Colin Sexton is their star, or they're banking on hopefully him being their <laughs> yeah. star guard. Yeah, but he he doesn't have that league pass appeal though either, does it? Like no. he, I can't see him. I mean, maybe he will. Maybe oh, he'll yeah. have a forty or fifty point game. Because remember, Kyrie after LeBron left, Kyrie had a couple of those really big moments. I mean, he was the number one pick. You know, slightly different, but I, I don't see that in in Sexton or Garland or anyone there. Mm. Delhi's back there, which is great. Fun uh, <laughs> makers there as well, which is great. A couple of Aussies there, but. Uh, League pass alert. Matthew Delavadova is on the floor. <laughs> no, but, but see, but, but, you know, like talking about the Grizzlies, for example, like Ja Morant is must watch automatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't matter who you're, else You're is saying who is that on the cast? Exactly. It's not exactly. Drummond. It's probably not Love. And, and yeah. you're skeptical it's Sexton or Garland or, you know, Porter yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Because those, those, you, even if a team loses by 20, if a guy's going out there and making crazy plays and highlight real dunks, you can watch it still. Yeah. You know, because yeah, you're yeah. like, oh my God, this is incredible. But, uh, <laughs> You might get a full court pass from Kevin Love every oh, once yeah, in a yeah, while. Yeah, That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Let's be honest. The only reason you're watching the Cavs is if you like rebound highlights. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Their skeets is the league pass team of the year. That's Rolling right. Larry Nance, Andre Drummond, and Kevin Love out there as a starting lineup. Rebounds galore. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the only reason to watch the Cavs is because they start at 7 o'clock. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, well, they're but, one of the first teams on. Okay, yeah. I'll watch the first eight minutes of this game. Yeah, I have the Cavs too, Lily. I, I was trying to play devil's advocate a little bit there, but I mean, they're bad both offensively and defensively, so they don't do anything all that well. 
And they're just young. And, and you know what? This is fine. I mean, I think it was Hollinger and his team preview. He said, like, they have five first-round picks from the last three years are in their rotation. They're very, very young. And all you're banking on is that, you know, you're just hoping that Sexton gets better and Porter gets better and Garland becomes a player. Like, that this young, young core can sort of blossom into something. I know Coro, I guess, had the game winner, right? Uh, that was exciting in, in, in the preseason. Maybe he's something special. But, yeah, then paired with the Drummond and Loves, it, it, it's weird. It's a weird team to want to, like, tune in to watch. So they're they're going to be on a lot of people's boring lists. And, look, <laughs> the jerseys in court that they're going to be trying in the city edition, I mean, we already joked about them. They're no, they're no help, so... Yeah, I got the Cavs too. I mean, it would usually be the Pistons, but I'm with you, Tass. I'm a little more intrigued by the Pistons, and maybe that is because of healthy Blake Griffin. Killian Hayes I'm excited about if he's given the keys, if Dwayne Casey does that and says, hey, go to town, kid. Let's see what you can do. I mean, I'm intrigued by that because um, usually the Pistons are boring. They're usually at the top of my list, but Cavs, they've bumped him out of that spot. What do you got, Trey? My team that is super boring is going to be a little bit better than y'all's teams. The Orlando Magic, once again, Mm. the most boring team in the league to me because they're the exact same team that they've been for the past two seasons coming in for year number three. They're going to be good on defense. They're going to not turn the ball over. Nikola Vucevic is going to hit some sweet hook shots. Aaron Gordon's going to throw a nice pass and have a nice dunk every once in a while. Terrence Ross is going to go off. They're going to end up about 500. There's nothing exciting about the Magic. They brought back the same team. The only thing that has really changed... Cole Anthony in for DJ Augustine. Mm -hmm. Cole Anthony seems like he might be exciting. That's the only reason I would ever turn into a Magic game. That's not a bad pick. Let's hear from you guys. Most boring team. Who do you have at the top of your list? Let us know in the stream team or tweet at us at NoDunkSync. All right, we got to take a quick break here to hear from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Reddick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back into the burning questions on part two. Uh, we debated our MVP picks and our most improved picks. Well, I got another award-based question, Lee. It's a juicy one. Everybody loves talking about the guys in the suits. <laughs> Are they even wearing suits anymore? Coach of the Year. Prediction, who you got, Lee? This is a great one because you can kind of make any sort of argument for any coach for any reason you want, really. It doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, will Frank Vogel do it with the Lakers if they have the best record? Nah, I don't think so. Budenholzer, I don't think so either. 
I think it could be someone like a rookie head coach. I'm going with Steve Nash, I mm. think, in Brooklyn, because right. I think I think the Nets will be, you know, second or third in the Eastern Conference, and it's kind of like, oh, great, you, yeah, sure, why not? You haven't won it before, you can have this award. <laughs> it hasn't. It, it, it's happened before. Thibodeau won it his first season in Chicago. I think Avery Johnson technically won it. I think he was actually uh, confirmed as the coach of the Mavericks, the you know, the last couple of weeks of the season before, but his right, first full right. season, he won it. There, so I wouldn't be shocked if it happens. And yeah, I mean, Nick Nurse won it last season; he was great. Um, Popovich probably should have won this award ten times, and he's only won it, I think, four. So uh, you know, it's the narrative. Is it the big jump in record? Is it just like ah, let's just give it to this guy? Why not this year? So uh, I think I think Steve Nash has <laughs> been handed a very very good team. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they're, they're going to win. You know, like seventy two games, they're going to win. I think fifty easily. Um, so wow. I think I think I, I think so. I mean, well, yeah, maybe not easily, but two games. Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, they're probably forty-five to fifty. I think is probably uh, is pretty easy for the Nets to win that amount of games. And I think it's kind of like, yeah, Nash, you can have it. Why not? Who cares? <laughs> okay. I mean, look, it, it makes sense, especially the narrative part that you're saying. Like they were, you know, they were they were good, but they weren't great. And if they're one of the top teams in the league, then yeah, Nash is gonna probably warrant a lot of votes i love I, I can see it i can see it which in a way means i win the award so i'm not against it <laughs> yeah exactly i don't mind yeah. it um <laughs> well trey you're high on the nets are you picking steve nash no i'm not picking steve nash mm. i'm picking another big name coaching hire i think doc rivers will win coach of the year this year and he really doesn't even need to do much daryl morey did all the work bringing in pieces that fit better around joel Embiid and ben ben simmons the 76ers already a pretty solid team Eighth in defense last year. They were 13th in offense. I'm imagining that the offense shoots up a little bit. And if the team looks like it finally makes sense around Simmons and Embiid, you're going to look at Doc Rivers coming in as the coach saying, wow, look at this system this guy put in. Getting the most out of these players that we've been waiting to see if anybody's going to get the most out of them. So I imagine if the Sixers can show some improvement, if they look like a more cohesive team, those are votes for Doc-y. Okay. Taz, you had a great tweet. I think it was yesterday. Made me laugh out loud. Naming all the Steves that are coaches uh, out there. There's actually a lot of them because there's Steve Nash, there's Steve Kerr, there's Steve Clifford, and there's Steve, as we call him, Silas. Uh, so and there's Brad Stevens. Stevens. Brad Steele. Oh, that's, that's a reach. Oh, that's that's a reach. reach. I'll take it. I'll take it. So, yeah, are you taking a Steve as a coach of the year, or are you taking the field? Somebody else. Where are you going? Steve's or the field? 16.66%, if you include Brad Stevens, of the coaches are Steve's. So are you taking a Steve? Did Steve tell you that? Yeah. Third chance. Third chance. Um, sure. I'll go with the Steve. Now, okay. I, don't really, I, don't really, I don't really think any of those are going to win. I think Steve Nash would be cheating. He's not even the coach, right? Kyrie Irving is the coach. <laughs> um, that, that's an interesting one. I... I I'll just go with the odds and say that. But I do I do watch preseason basketball. That's how boring things are around here. And I think there's a chance if the uh, Charlotte Hornets are playing the way they're playing now into the regular season, spreading the floor, going five out like their DeJounte Murray in that stance, I think they could do it. They could surprise. They could surprise. They're moving the ball, baby. They're moving it around. And they've got lots of athleticism with – Caleb, don't call me Cody Martin, the twins. They got Miles Bridges. They've got uh, the three guards uh, probably that they're going to roll out and on the same same uh, rotation in, in Rozier and Devontae Graham and Ball. 
and then Gordon Hayward, and then I'm a PJ Washington fan, so it's kind of interesting to watch them. It, I'm I'm kind of intrigued by them uh, sneaking into that eighth seed as they're desperately going for it, but they're going to have lots and lots of competition to get in there. But uh, yeah, did I even name their coach? James Borrego, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, the James yeah. Borrego. Yeah, I always like coaches that you're not sure who their actual coach is. Like Taylor Jenkins last year with the Memphis Grizzlies got some consideration and he, and he definitely deserved it. Um, I always oh, the new this. leader this year is, uh, I can't even remember his name, the Thunder coach, Mark... Uh, uh, Dick Daniel. Daniel. Yeah, yeah Daniel. <laughs> Mark right. Daniel. Well, who's the Cavs coach? Uh, Bickerstaff. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, yeah. Okay, so you're, you're going... So what? I mean, the Hornets... I mean, I don't, I don't know. What did they win last year? 24 games, 23 games, something like that. So you got them, I guess you got them winning at least 30 games, probably, if you got them making the yeah. playoffs. It's not, that, not, not a massive sort of, uh, well, it might be enough. To Play in tournament? Let's see if. <laughs> I, got, I got 12 teams making the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Okay, okay. <laughs> We're um, expanding. My pick for coach of the year, I am really leaning in to my confidence in the Portland Trailblazers. You know, I got Lillard for MVP. I got McCollum on the short list for maybe making his first All-Star game because I have the Blazers as one of the elite teams in the league, uh, in the Western Conference at least. So if that's the case, I think Terry Stotts gets uh, gets some uh, well-deserved love in that case uh, for Coach of the Year. So I'll go Terry. I'm doubling down on Terry, um, which, man, I hope I am not jinxing the Blazers right now. <laughs> you got to right. do it, man. When you pick a team, you just got to roll with the team. Yeah. Well, yeah, it worked really well for me last year with the Bulls taking Boylan for coach of the year. <laughs> hey, it happened with me and Tass with the Sixers. Yeah, they're going to the finals. Joel Embiid, MVP and defensive player yeah. of the year. No way we regret that kind of stuff. <laughs> Thank you, though, for mentioning the Bulls. I was trying to be the last one to possibly mention this team that nobody ever mentions. What about Billy Donovan? He's replacing the worst coach in the league. All the Bulls have to do is look competent. And people will be like, wow, a human coaching? This is awesome. Yeah, that's why I think it's more likely for a Donovan over like a James Borrego there, like in Charlotte, because he's still, th- he was there. Yeah, he might change different things and you got new players and Hayward and Ball. I get all that. I, I hear what you're saying, Tass. But yeah, I feel like the narrative is like more for Donovan to come in there and like, oh, the Bulls look competent. And yeah, maybe are an eight seed or a seven seed or something like that if the guys stay healthy and he gets something out of them. So yeah, it's not a bad pick. Um, trying to think of teams we haven't named yet because we're over halfway through the burning questions. <laughs> I haven't talked a lot of Spurs, though we talked about their jerseys. Not a lot of like Aldridge DeRozan talk here with their young guys. They were actually one of my teams for most boring, unfortunately, the Spurs. Wow, uh, they they are kind of boring. You know what you're going to get. They're going to be they're going to be consistent. But Aldridge and and DeRozan aren't the sort of guys like you must tune in to watch them. You know, so they were one of teams. Yeah, Yeah, the young guys are the ones to get excited about. Keldon Johnson. Yeah, Dejounte Murray. I'd like Dejounte Murray, but uh, Ronnie. It's just you know, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Is there any other teams again? Like uh, the Kings, we, have, we haven't really talked about the Kings. Kings yeah, Kings. Uh, Kings are overlooked right now for sure. I was just curious because I know there's going to be people saying, "Yeah, we've talked about our team." <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> there's a reason. Uh, Stay no, tuned just, for just, the next 300 episodes. They'll come. That's up. that's that's a good point. Good point. All right, a few more questions here, I guess, or one more question. Excuse me, a fun one. Always end with a banger. Biggest fashion trend. We got to start with TK answering this first because he is the most fashionable of the bunch. Uh, sorry, everybody else, it's true. So, Trey, <laughs> biggest fashion trend that we can expect here in uh, 2020 2021 NBA season? It started in the bubble and it has already carried over to preseason games, to preseason media day photo shoots, 
everybody's got their pandemic flow rocking. Long hair mm. is the fashion trend of the season. The one that really caught my eye was Yusuf Nurkic rocking the Matt Austin master poof <laughs> on the sideline for the Blazers. Skeet's another award for Portland here. This is huge. Yep. But yeah, I'm loving it. You gotta love long hair. No reason to be going to the barber. Just let it flow out there. We've seen a lot of guys already rocking long hair here. Yeah. Oh, right. there's yeah, Coach Steve. Mellows back to cornrows. John Morant, we've talked about a couple of times. He's got a ponytail. Ricky Rubio looks like Jesus. DeMontis Sabonis has longer hair. James Harden has longer hair. Everybody's letting their freak flag fly. I love it. Yeah. DeRozan with the fro. Oh, look, look at Ellis. Whoa, George Michael. Throw a fan on this guy. We got a Beyonce over here. <laughs> You know, I'm always, uh, as you guys always know, I'm always ahead of the trends. So I knew this was coming. So, uh, wow. You actually look like incredibly different to me right now. I know the glasses came off, but that, that, that hair is long, mate. I want to say you look like Michael Hutchins. I don't know if it's true, but I feel like that would be the ultimate compliment. (laughs) I'm going to see if I can find a pic of Mickey looking like this. Because he used to rock the, the glasses too. (laughs) <laughs> Trey, you look more like Michael Hutchins than Lee does. I mean, come on. I'm just trying to be nice, JD. I didn't want to say Michael Douglas again. I had to change my mics. All right. So uh, so you're just saying, yeah, long locks. They're, they're, they're in and they're here to stay, especially uh, in quarantine. Don't go see your barber. Uh, what do you got, Lee? What's your fashion trend? Yeah, um, remember Russell Westbrook down in the bubble there on the sidelines. He was uh, really dressing up. He was sort of coaching, cheering on his team. And he was doing the same thing uh, for one of the Wizards preseason games. He's got the you know really bright mask on. He's got the bright clothes. We know Russell's a big yeah. fashion guy. So I think you're going to see a little bit more of that as well because I think the players, you talked about the coaches not having to wear a jacket anymore. I think the players as well on the sidelines don't have to wear a jacket either. So I think you're just going to see those guys when they sit out really trying to uh, pretend they're on the catwalk. And it starts mm. with Russell. And and it's going to be the whole thing, you know, because they have to wear a mask. So masks are going to be kind of fashionable mm-hmm. on the side and what, what people can do, how they can get some sort of message out there or a sponsorship or whatever it is. So uh, I think it's sort of mask slash sideline apparel. Okay. Okay. Masks is a good pick. Tass, what do you have for big fashion? I totally pick? agree with yeah. masks. Masks are going to be so hot, especially the coaches uh, having to wear them. So you see them front and center when, it, when a coach is – Talking to a referee, you see it. I could see the Brooklyn Nets having some sort of kerfuffle in the locker room. Uh, They don't win a game. They have to have some sort of players-only meeting. Kyrie Irving says something like, "Ah, everybody's all pissed off around here. Nobody's smiling. Everybody's angry. And Steve Nash, being the jovial, comical fellow that he is, will come to the next game with one of those masks with the smile on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, His own face printed on it, yeah. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, And uh, so, yeah. I could see it. I could see it. So there's got to be one funny coach who does it because the coaches are front center. You, you, we will see. I don't know a lot of skinny pants. Steve Nash out there, <laughs> um, Quint Snyder out there mm-hmm. with these coaches. So yeah, we'll, we'll be talking. <laughs> if we talk about everything. We'll be talking about coach fashion, no doubt. You just named a team we haven't talked a lot about. Utah Jazz. There mm-hmm. <laughs> haven't not come True. up all that often so yeah. far, but we still got two podcasts to tackle the burning questions. My fashion trend, I'm going to keep this simple, JD, if you want to get to scrolling, I'm throwing this on you on the fly here, but 
It's the no dunks gear, guys. Oh, baby. Come on. Here, listen. Open invitation to all NBA players and teams. You want some no dunks gear that you're going to rock on the sidelines or walking into the arena? You reach out to us and we will hook you up. All right? Guaranteed. We'll tell you where to order it. No, we will not even make you order it. We will get it into your hands. That's a that's a Skeet's promise. All right, because that would look some of those beautiful hoodies and shirts coming into the arena, rocking a no dunks piece of merchandise, an item like that, Trey. Uh, I have to agree, Skeets, and I honestly think that it should be a Raptors uh, a Raptors initiative to be wearing this. You know, they've had to relocate to yep. the United States much like we have. They signed an Australian this year. They brought back a guy from Illinois. This is the team of No Dunks. Okay. Let's get him some gear. All right. Well, we'll reach out to the Raptors. We're going to hook them up with some No Dunks gear. That's going to be the biggest fashion trend. Everybody's going to want one. If you don't have one, go to NoDunks.com right now. Get your own. Get ahead of the Raptors eventually wearing them on the catwalk and get your No Dunks merch. All right, we're going to call it there. Uh, A lot of fun, this one. Guys, thanks for joining us. Shout out to the stream team. Keep your questions coming for our upcoming Beach Steppin' Podcast, which we'll probably record, uh, you know, early next week before the actual NBA games tip off on Tuesday. Email them in, nodunks at theathletic.com, or you can tweet them in at nodunksinc. Leave your boys some five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. So, so important if you haven't done this, uh, because at the start of a season, obviously you got a bunch of new people looking for an NBA podcast and stuff like that to follow throughout the league, throughout the year, excuse me. You know, that helps. You get those ratings and reviews in, helps with the algorithm, gets no dunks higher on the list, and maybe we find some more uh, eyeballs and ear holes and get hooked to the show. Back tomorrow, what is it, Thursday tomorrow, part Mm -hmm. four of our burning questions about the upcoming NBA season. Until then... Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. No quote for me today. Somebody said that Lee looks like George Michael. Can we get your hair flown and you sing a little wham? Uh, last Christmas. Last Christmas. Come on, man. What can I think? Uh, um... Last Christmas. <laughs> last Christmas. I gave you my heart. The very next day, you gave it away. <laughs> Honestly, for you, that was pretty good. That was nice. Embrace the day, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.